Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. <laughs> I like your dancing. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you totally have to do that song. I mean, it's such an uplifting uh, uplifting song, and right now, man, we could use some uplifting action in, in this society that we're in right now. I tell you that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty intense out there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So uh, we'll steer clear of that for the conversation. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I but, don't mind. Whatever, wherever but, we go. It's no, fine. it's cool, man. So, uh, you know, everybody, uh, real quick, I, I need to introduce our guest today. It's She's freaking awesome, man. And I didn't know how awesome she was until I watched her movie, you know, being that I'm in the biz. I got a little screener there where I got to watch it before y'all get to watch it. And I wasn't sure what to expect. But I tell you what, dude, seriously, I'm not saying this because you're sitting right here. I was rolling by the end of that movie. It had me out. And I was watching it in a place where I shouldn't be laughing. So I'm sitting there <laughs> snickering, going, I'm trying to hold it back. And it's, I'm really trying to belly laugh. It was crazy. But anyhow, with no further introduction, I have Ms. Mrs. Precious. Ms. Ms. is good. Ms. is good. Ms. Precious <laughs> Chong. You know, it's, that's, what, that's what happens when I try, try to be smooth and be all, you know, Ms. Precious. I'm like, <laughs> hold on. What is, what is it? Is, <laughs> so anyways. Yeah. Precious, welcome to the show, man. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, I, you know, again, I, I said it as I was introducing uh, the show that when I watched the movie, I, I, I had... Uh, I just didn't know what to expect. You know, I hadn't seen any of your other work. I, I didn't, you know, I, I knew your lineage, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I figured it had to be something along, you know, similar lines. If folks, <laughs> if you're listening right now and you don't recognize the last name Chong, uh, she just happens to be the daughter of Mr. Tommy Chong, who uh, just happens to be, well, you know, Cheech and Chong. Remember that couple from the 70s? Well, they weren't, they weren't, <laughs> I better take that. No, they weren't a couple. They weren't a couple. Like I don't we would, know. Uh, well, the, the jury's out. They could have been. I don't know. <laughs> they may have been. And hey, that's cool, man. Whatever. They're, they were front runners on a variety of platforms. And if it was that too, then hey, props. So, but anyways, Tommy Chong is her dad. And uh, Miss Precious Chong has a movie coming out. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Blew me away. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's called Homewrecker. It's a horror comedy. It's me and Alex Esso, and yeah, we had a lot of fun making it, and we co-wrote it with Zach Gain, the director, and it was, it's been, it's been a blast. Like, it was, it's a, it's a micro-budget shot in my house, kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, made for nothing. We had, you know, we wanted it to do well, but it's been being, it's been so well-received, it's, it's beyond our wildest dreams so far. Yeah, you, you play the perfect part in that. And, you know, I'm, I'm treading lightly because I don't want to give anything away from the movie. It's not even out yet. But you play the role so well. It, you, you just, just, and I tell you, this is one of those movies that's going to get better every time you watch it. Because what <laughs> yeah. ends up, you know, me and my friends, we're, we're, we're a rowdy bunch. We, <laughs> we're still fans of Napoleon Dynamite, right? Mm-hmm. And, and believe it or not, we look at Sling Blade as a comedy. So, uh, <laughs> and we get together. I can see that. I can see that. We get together and we'll watch both those movies and we're all <laughs> quoting it and everything. And we are just dying. We're just rolling, having the best time. And I can see Homewrecker falling right into that same category. It had the same vibe to me. 
Oh, that's amazing. Yes. I'm, I, you know, I love those type of movies. Those like, like cult midnight movie people watch with your friends over and over design drinking games out of them. Yeah. That's my, my dream, my hope and dream for that for Homewrecker. Well, in my personal opinion, and I, I have I have really good taste in movies. Okay, Flash Gordon from 1980 is my favorite of all time. So uh, you can. T- <laughs> I remember that. I, saw that. I think I saw that in a drive-in of, oh, of all things. Oh, yes, that's probably the best place to see that movie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's my favorite movie of all time. But <laughs> with with that type of taste in movies, I mean, I think I can say that your movie it, it accomplished everything that it set out to do. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, we. We had a lot of fun kind of combining a lot of different genres, you know, I like to call it a feminist horror comedy. So it's like makes fun of a lot of, it satirizes a lot of female tropes and has some blood and gore and some, I play a character that makes everyone really uncomfortable pretty much. She's pretty cringe. She is pretty cringe. (laughs) It was so much fun because, you know, I got these crazy eyes. And most of the time in my acting jobs, they're like, uh, can you like settle down with the eyes? And in that, in this role, I got to just like go full force with my, my weirdness. So that, that, is, that was fun. That is too cool. So how long did it take you to write something like this? Yeah, it was actually pretty fast. I mean, Zach had the, Zach had the like initial idea, like two women, um, like the name and Zach, Alex, and I got together in February of 2018 and and did all the story beats and came up with some of the ideas. And then we, I live in Toronto and Zach was in Toronto and and Alex was in LA. So Zach and I did most of like the script writing and would be sending our script to, uh, to Alex in LA, but we, we had to get it done by June of 2018 because that's when my partner my boyfriend was going on vacation so we could shoot so we had a very <laughs> finite deadline so we shot it we rewrote it in about a month and a half the screenplay and we came up with the story beats a couple months before that it was pretty fast wow pretty that's, fast. A, that's amazing and it's hilarious that it's your house because a lot of it is filmed in a, in a house i mean the, yeah. the, the vast majority of it is filmed in the house well, I mean, it's pretty much why we could make the movie because, you know, we had the location, which would have been the huge amount of the budget. So we were like, and I wanted to renovate my kitchen. And he's like, great, we can trash your house. You know, and then, <laughs> but then I was like, no, no, no. I mean, but, you know, but we did it. It was great. It was crazy. It was so much work, but it was so much fun. And I highly recommend it. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. I have done one one artsy type film and for some friends of mine we entered a, a film contest and it had to be a zombie movie so we oh, put together a, we put together like a i don't know it was about an eight minute zombie movie and dude i had so much fun but i was a zombie uh there, <laughs> there aren't many fat zombies but i was one of them so <laughs> i was a zombie we had this phenomenal makeup artist she was great and i mean she's an amateur makeup artist but the, her her work is phenomenal and uh, she did great, and we just had a blast filming it. We had different locations that we were going to and, and uh, eating brains all over the place, and we playing basketball and all kinds of crazy stuff with zombies. Cause the, and you don't care, but I'm telling you anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I care. I'm listening. <laughs> the, the whole gist of our movie was is that the zombies were pets. So, you know, I, I had an owner, and I was his zombie pet, and we all would play, you know, and get along, and everything was great. And then one day we turned on them because they have – the whole thing was the whole thing revolved around a beer, so we had to have this beer featured in the film too. So the whole thing was oh, okay. It was turn- one of those contests where you had to have like 
certain elements in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, and it was it was a ton of fun, and that's the closest I know of to coming yeah. to film a movie. And uh, I know how much fun we had, so I can only imagine how much fun you had. So that's yeah, that's- it was a lot of fun, and I love like. Do you remember that documentary? What's it called? American movie? Was that what it's called? Like the two two t- like guys? It was a documentary about these two filmmakers, and they like live at their parents' house. Ah, oh, you don't know it? No, I don't I know it off the top of my head. Anyways, it's hilarious, and they're like, there's a spirit in making movies, or like Ed Wood. Remember Ed Wood? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I I kind of love the spirit of making movies, regardless of of the quality. I mean, of course we wanted to make, make good movies, but there's just something about like, just like going for it and like embracing, you know, whatever you're doing and having a good time. Well, and I think that's the key, man. If, if you can be, you know, people go, Oh, you're an actor, but no, they've only done this, this or this. I'm like, dude, they're a working actor. So what are they doing for a living? They're acting. They're having a blast. They're enjoying what they're doing. They're making some money. They're doing a great job of what they do. But the thing is, they're doing what they love. And how many people get to do what they love each and every day? Not many. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, honestly, I have to say, like, when we wrapped shooting, it was, you know, I was talking to my mom on the phone and and she's like, you sound so happy. And I was like, so exhilarated because it was like I ran a marathon. It was like one of the hardest things we've ever done because, of course, we didn't have enough crew or time or everything was insane and then to have that feeling of having gotten through it and accomplished it it was it was exhilarating and um i'm looking forward to that feeling that's cool now did did you have were you on a timeline for festivals or or anything like that is that what put you on the the timeline or did you have to get it done before the boyfriend got back location yeah the location was only ours until like july 1st oh i got whatever we only had that yeah so we had that time limit and then, and then it was like that. So that was 2018. And then it took a year of post-production and then we got into Fantasia Fest and Fantastic Fest, which was a huge coup because Fantastic Fest sort of really opened the doors. And we were so grateful that we got into that festival. It's, it's a spectacular festival and it really helped to give the kind of boost the, the movie needed The sort of people were like, oh, what is this movie kind of feeling? Well, let me ask you this, because, I mean, I know the movie hasn't even re- released yet to the public. Did having South by Southwest canceled, did that affect you in any way? No, no, because we, we didn't get into South by Southwest. Oh, oh right. sorry. Didn't mean to... <laughs> but that's, that's okay. We got into Fantastic Fest. That was better for us. Let me put a little salt on that wound. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think our initial thing, I mean, I probably shouldn't talk about it, but whatever. It's fun. It's water under the bridge. I think we were initially trying to get into South by Southwest or Tribeca. So that was in 2018 or yeah, it was earlier. And then we did it and then we got into Fantasia Fest and Fantastic Fest which turned out to be better for us anyways. It's a genre film. It worked out. And then we did Toronto After Dark instead of TIFF. And yeah, and then right now, this week we're screening at the Calgary Underground Film Festival, which is really fun. And we did Chattanooga, which was amazing. They they had to do it as an online festival, and they did a really good job of doing it, and people loved it. So this online film festival thing is working out pretty well. Is it really? Because that's kind of cool because, you know, I'm, I'm do just about every weekend I speak on podcasting at some sort of podcasting event. And the events, obviously, they're online as well. And I'm yeah. seeing a lot of good results come from having the podcast festivals 
online, just like you're doing with the film festivals. And I was wondering if that's the same, if it's working the same way, because I'm hearing about other people. Like, I think uh, Henry Cavill came on and watched the Justice League, and I'm hearing other people come on and watch other movies and whatnot. And it seems to be working really, really well. Yeah, I think I think it's adapting. I think people are just hungry for content and also connection. And it's all right there for us. It's sort of like doing Zoom stand-up shows. I mean, there's a resistance to it because it's not like live performance. Right. But but it's what we got right now. So so that's, that's Those, what we got to do. Adapt or die, I guess. Yeah, you either evolve or you become extinct, right? Exactly. So, you know, it's funny because you mentioned a couple of things there that I, I want to touch base on. One was doing the stand-up, you know, on Zoom. Um, I know a <laughs> lot of comedians are doing that just to, you know, kind of keep honed a little bit, even though there's no audience and you can't get the crowd work or anything along those lines. But some comedians are going, dude, no, they're really, really adamantly against it. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. It's not like I, I teach stand up as well. I teach stand up for Second City. Oh, cool. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I know it's a weird thing that I do, but it, I try and tell the students like it's not the same as regular stand up. Like it's just not. And it's what you have. And there's a certain, you know, I did a show on Saturday. My dad was actually on the show and, and we interviewed him, but people did stand up. I mean, it works. It's just, it's just different. And I think, I think it'll definitely evolve some hybrid of whatever the Zoom stand up would be will, will work better than, than regular stand up, which is in a club. I think there's, I mean, that's just how. It's like, I kind of like try and think of it in my head, like when silent movies turn to talkies and there was all that like backlash. Right, right. Right. So got to be open, right? Well, Maybe it's, it's just it, a different art form. It's funny because I was just talking to Jamie Kennedy the other day. Yep. Drop oh, the name. I, there you go. And I, uh, I know him from uh, years ago. I'm sure you do. We yeah. This, we went to the same acting school a long, long time ago. <laughs> really? That is hilarious. That is so cool. Jamie was extremely cool. We had a, you know, it started off as just a regular, you know, here's an appearance on a podcast. And dude, yeah. by the end of it, we were just hanging out, chilling like we were best bros. And he just started, we even offline talked for another probably 30 minutes. I mean, he was just a great guy. It was awesome. So yeah, everybody listen, cool check guy. that out. You know, he is, he's one of those that's going, no, 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 you can't do online standup. You can't do podcasting standup. It just doesn't work. And also, I've taken standup comedy classes from Dean Lewis. I don't know if you know his name, but he was, he's an Emmy award winning comic writer. And wow. Yeah, he won an Emmy back, uh, don't get me to lie, but anyways, he's Dean Lewis. He <laughs> teaches in Dallas uh, at the Improv in Dallas is, is where he, he's based out of. And, He's also going, no, you can't do that. But Dean is a stickler for old school. I mean, he is, but I think it's fine, you know, and I'm seeing uh, a friend of mine that is a stand-up comic, Jamie Gravy's his name. He, uh, uh, doing a lot of online stuff and I see a lot of positive responses. So I think yeah, it's cool. I mean, maybe it's not for everyone and yeah, it's not like the, it's not ideal like right. it isn't the same experience like the show i did on saturday the other comedians you could see and hear them so that felt a little bit of a, a so the timing is weird because right. you're kind of speaking into a void you're looking at yourself it's just different I, you can't call it stand-up but at least it's it at least you're still performing in some way and writing and you know connecting with your audience well see now that leads me right back to what you had mentioned a second ago yeah, people are hungry for content. 
And what we're talking about right now fits right into that niche. Podcasting fits right into that niche. Uh, yeah. Just about any kind of crea- creative effort fits into that niche. And one of the, my biggest talks is creating content. You know, people go, how do I get my podcast out there? Well, you create content and you brought up content. So I think that's phenomenal. And it's a demonstration of that's the mentality that it takes to get to that next level, to get your podcast scene, to get your movie out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the blessing and the curse, I guess, of being in this time is that we have, we can do this. Like, in the nineties, you, you couldn't uh-uh. create content. You had to wait for permission or gatekeepers. And so it's kind of wonderful to like, just be able to just do it on your own. And, and I listen to podcasts all the time now, especially being in quarantine. You, you need that, that like you need story. Right. Right. You know, I've got my handful. It's funny as a podcast creator, I'm not a real big podcast listener. No, I, I'm, I'm like that with stand-up, actually. <laughs> yes. or, or even indie movies. It's your work. It's kind of like you want to break from it. Right. I like to, I watch, you know, I watch RuPaul's Drag Race and Murder, She Wrote. Those are my. <laughs> Murder, She Wrote. Where are you watching Murder, She Wrote, man? Do you have it on VHS? <laughs> it's on Prime Video. Dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. You need to check it out. It's, it's the most insane show. They're like hour and a half episodes. She goes all over the world. They don't make any sense. They're so, they're so long. They have every movie star from the 80s in them. It's pretty amazing. That is so funny, dude. That is, I'm going to have to look for it. I'm, I, I stay up late and I watch stuff. My wife goes to bed. I stay up late. I watch whatever I want. And I watch stupid stuff. So I, yeah. that's, that, no offense, but and, that's on the list. And, and also, it's a late night viewing because it doesn't make... Because some shows are too good and they give me insomnia. <laughs> but it's a, it's a lulling show. So you can fall asleep to Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. I can't wait for tonight. It's going to be great. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you. I know. I'm, I, and I'm going to write you. I'm going to go, hey... <laughs> <laughs> Precious, this worked out like, perfect, man. <laughs> like, like Sh- Cherry Curry was... Remember Cherry Curry from like... Um, she was like in a, oh, what was, she was in the band, like in the late eighties. I mean, late seventies. She's in an episode. Bill Maher is in an episode. Oh my I'm gosh. You, it's so weird. It's like a who's who. Man, how old is Bill Maher? Like 12? I mean. <laughs> he's like in his early twenties and he's so corny in it. He's in a that couple of them. He's in a couple of them. That's too funny, man. I had no idea we would ever go down the murder she wrote <laughs> path in this podcast, but. Uh, now I'm excited, man. Angela Lansbury. I love it. You know, I Mrs. love her. Mrs. God. Potts, you know, so she's, old, she's an original gangster. <laughs> she is definitely. OG. <laughs> <laughs> so again, guys, get out there, man, create that content. That's what you need to do to go to that next level, to have people see what you want to do. You have to create it. And this is the perfect time to do it. And I appreciate someone like Precious supporting me in my speeches there. Cause it's just do it. Everybody says do it. So Precious, yeah. let's get back to you, man. And quit talking about me. What do you have in the future? I mean, are you, are you going to be doing more movies? Are you, do you have anything that you're writing now? What's the scoop, yeah, man? I've been writing actually a lot of projects. Like that was my quarantine uh, goal was to just finish projects that I started. And so I have a, a horror movie that I'm hoping to direct. And it's about a little girl who gets left at a cottage when her parents leave. And she gets like um, kind of terrorized by this crazy clown lady on stilts. And... <laughs> 
It's like my my pitch is that if Hello Kitty made a horror movie, this is what the movie would be. Oh my god! So I want to direct that, but I don't know if that's going to happen this summer. So we have to see. And then Zach and I, the guy who directed Zach Gain, who I worked with, who directed Homewrecker, we're hoping to make so- we're hoping to make something in the fall. So that and, you know, I'm auditioning and I have a Tide sure. commercial running that's supporting oh, me. That's cool. <laughs> You know, residuals are beautiful. Yes, they're they're great things. So, well, that's cool. You know, and, and do you stay in the same type of genre, though, the horror comedy? Because obviously the next Hello Kitty movie is going to be a, a bit of a <laughs> horror comedy. Is that is that your forte? I mean, is that what you'd like to do the most? You know, it it kind of was a we. I kind of stumbled onto it uh, with Zach. I did. I had a comedy web series. Um, that was on Funny or Die like uh, like five years ago. So I do a lot of comedy, but the I like the horror genre. I've always loved horror movies. Right. Then the horror genre is great because there's a really specific audience for it. Right. And you can and I realize you can really satirize a lot of things through horror. Like it's a great way to talk about a lot of things in an entertaining way. And well, and you know that's what you did with the with the whole feminist movement thing in in this particular movie. You played on a lot of tropes on the movie, and I was really surprised. I I, I didn't expect to see something <laughs> like that, uh, you know, in in a in a modern movie. And because you got to kind of walk on your tiptoes a little bit and be careful you don't offend anybody, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but we're women, so we could make fun of ourselves. So oh. we get we get we get that. You know what I mean? It's 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 our get out i guess like how he makes yeah we can get out of your free card i got you i got you yeah so like i never thought that i was playing a karen but i am actually sort of playing that sort of genre of woman you know who's (laughs) who's angry and i mean i i've only i only say that because i've read it in a couple reviews i was like oh yeah i guess i mean mostly it's because i'm uh over 40 and i'm a woman right right they kind of, but, um, but yeah, it's fun to, to satirize, satirize that kind of stuff. And, and it's like I say, it's really cool when you can get away with it. And I think there's a fine line that you have to tread in order to get away with it. And you did that beautifully in this film. So congratulations Thank you. on Thank that. Thank you. Thanks. So now the movie comes out on the 26th. Is that right? Well, no, it, they pushed this theatrical release to July 3rd. Oh, wow. Okay. July 3rd in a theatrical release. And where, where else is it going to be opening in the theaters? I don't know. They haven't given me any information. Oh. So I would just look, look it up Homewrecker, And it's also streaming, uh, like on the seventh. And then it's, I think there's going to be in some drive-ins and stuff like that. That'd be fun so, to see. That would be yeah. a lot of fun to see it in a drive-in. I think so. Right. Yeah. I think, do, do you think drive-ins are going to make a comeback? I think, I mean, I've heard a lot of positive things about drive-ins coming back and we've even got one in the city that I live in. Now I live in Louisville, just North of Dallas. And uh, there's one here. So I haven't, you know, what's so funny though, is I haven't been to the damn thing. I I know it's there and it gets great reviews and everybody says it's it's awesome, but I just haven't been. The last time I can remember watching a drive-in movie and I lived in California. So that means I was under 10. So, I mean, I was Mm -hmm. like eight or nine probably. And I remember sitting on the roof of our duplex and I could see the movie, but I couldn't hear it. And it was a double feature of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan and Superman with Christopher Reeve. So I remember that. And I, oh, wow. I sat up there all that's night going. A gr- that's a good memory. Yeah, that's right? so cool. And that's so cinematic to be like looking at a, 
being a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You can see, I mean, it's like a picture. I should draw it because I do a little sketch. I should do a little sketch of, of the whole thing. And it's just a kid staring off at the at the big screen off in the distance and watching his favorite movies at the time. I love uh, that. It's kind of cool. And did you stay in California a long time or you No, moved? we we I was actually born in Denison. We bounced back and forth a couple of times cuz dad's family California, mom's family Texas. And then uh, from 10 till about 18, they were out here as well. As soon as I graduated high school, they're like, "Dude, we're gone. You want to come to Cali? You want to hang out in Texas?" And, you know, I already had a girlfriend. I think I probably had a kid on the way at the time, and I'm like, "Nah, I'm just going to stay." And, uh, and make it work. And I've been here ever since. Wow. So, and they've been How in, many kids do you have? I have two. And uh, that, that was my daughter. I have a, a girl that's 27. And oh, my then, gosh. And my son is 24. So. Oh, wow. I have a yeah. son. He's uh, 15. Oh, okay. Okay. I remember that yeah. age. That's cool age. They're, they're cool then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was, his room, like, he was, like, 13, I guess, when we were shooting Homewrecker. So, the crazy room where she wakes up in is was his bedroom, and he he was such a good sport. He would come home from school and be like, "What is happening?" <laughs> Dude, that that scene at the very end just had me dying. It was so funny. I I can't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my wife watch it because she's she's not as as uh, as into indie films as I. And I'm not really into indie films, but if they're good, you know, I love them. And again, they come like cult classics for me and my friends. And this, I guarantee you, this is going to be one of them. I'm going to have them watch it, and I think we'll have a yeah. good time with it. So, Oh, good, good. I'm so glad. Cool deal, yeah. cool deal. Well, I love the fact that you took the time to come on the show and hang out with me for a little bit and uh, share more about your movie because it's definitely worth it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this has been a blast. Thanks for having me. So can people find you and follow you on social media, or what, what's the scoop there? Give us the lowdown. Yes, um, I'm on Twitter at Precious Chong. You can find me on Instagram at Precious Shelby Chong and uh, Facebook. Um, Homewrecker, the movie, is also on Instagram. So you can, you know, find out more what's going on with the movie on Instagram. And, yeah, I'm on Facebook, but not so much anymore. Uh-oh. Facebook, man. See, I cannot get off the damn Facebook. I know. I'm can so we do stuck. it? Uh, nah, man, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's I know. I, I want to. I want to leave, but oh, it's hard. Man, it's hard. I, I've been trying to TikTok. I've had some TikTok influencers on the show trying to get me motivated to to get out oh, there. And, are, are you on TikTok? I have an account, but I'm not on there, so it's not it's not really fair. You know, the podcast logo is there. I think I have an animated logo, and I think I have maybe one vid if I didn't delete it. But I just, man, I feel stupid being a, a fat, pale, freaking middle aged dude going. <laughs> Hey, everybody, watch me on the TikTok. This looks cool. Listen to my podcast. See ya. You know, and uh, I know I, I, I haven't done TikTok. I can't. I don't even so know. It's so hard, I, man. It's so it's, hard. It's hard. You know, I'm so tired. Larry, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> it's too much, man. It's too much. It's too much. So, well, oh, once I again, feel bad. Oh. you can t ask me about my dad. Do you have any questions about my dad or you're cool? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> Again, you know, this was your show, and I told you before we even started recording that I wanted to be about you, and I, yeah, I, I don't I necessarily want to. But yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I mean, who's not a huge fan of, of of your dad? And I mean, I can still hear him. I used to listen to. I just went blank. Uh, the dog ate my stash, man. Had it on the counter. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Uh, which one is that, man? I had that. Uh, I don't remember. I don't um, either. But but up in smoke. It was up in smoke. Yeah. Yeah. It was up in smoke. And then he followed him around and he's called, La he called it Labrador. Yeah. <laughs> Labrador. What's Labrador, man? <laughs> but when I was a kid, man, 
I had that album, and I always wanted to do comedy, always, uh, since I was a little kid. You know, I grew up on the Sam Kinnison's and the Dice Clays and the, you know, the Cheech and Chong's. And even though, e- even when I was a kid, the Cheech and Chong had, had kind of tapered a little bit, but they were still putting out, like, the, they had some pirate movie or something, Corsican Brothers or something. Oh, yeah, the Corsican yeah, Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that one. That, I remember that one. But uh, the Up and Smoke was one of my, I wore, I probably wore the vinyl out, man, just round yeah. and round and round. And that one scene where the license isn't on the bumper back, you know, and <laughs> I could quote the whole thing. It was so phenomenal. So, yeah, I love your dad. I love what he does. I love what he did. Uh, he is an icon in, you know, in comedy. And uh, yes, it, it's, it's, it's hard to even fathom you know, his contributions. People go, he's, people go, oh, no, pothead. Blah, blah, blah. Look, man, the dude contributed to society in a way that most people never can, never can. Yeah, and- I mean, Cheech and Chong were, when they first first started mm-hmm. doing their sketches, first of all, they didn't even have really comedy clubs in L.A. at the time. They just had, like, music venues and places. And so when they would come and do their sketches, people would, like, run out. They'd be so shocked by it and, like, offended. And they would, they didn't even have a car. This is my favorite story. They had, my dad had a scooter in LA. So Cheech and him would wear all their costumes and like go to gigs on their scooter. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. And um, yeah, and Cheech was like, that Chicano character is pretty, like they didn't have those representation in comedy at the time. They were like the first, so it's kind of exciting. When I look back, I realize, because, you know, I grew up with it. Right. So I kind of took it for granted. I'm like, oh, yeah, my dad is, you know, he does dope humor, Cheech and Chong. But <laughs> now I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's like lightning in a bottle. Like, you don't, that doesn't happen no. all the time. No. You got and, a lot of imitators, um, but no, nobody can match the original. Yeah, exactly. They they had, they were, they just tapped into something in the psyche and just went with it. and. It's really awe-inspiring, actually, to think about that. So it's cool. And from my point of view, when I was a kid, when I was really little, and they would do they would do their live show, and there was a sketch they did where my dad played an old man, and Cheech played this like Chicano greaser, and my dad would pretend to die and freak Cheech out. And when I was a kid, my mom would always have to take me out of the show because I would always be like, "Dad's dead." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'd be scarred for life. It was traumatizing. I have no doubt, man. No doubt. God, because I have some memories of things that I go, man, they still bother me today. You know what I mean? When I when I was about seven, I saw some church movies that were, you know, I think it was called the it was the original Left Behind series back in the it was like early eighties, maybe even late seventies, and uh, it had to be early eighties, I think. And they had this creature, and and you can find them on on, on Amazon because I went and watched them again just for shits and giggles. But uh, this creature is like a scorpion, and it's got wings, and it's giant, and it can sting you, and it was in a sewer tunnel. Dude, I should not have been watching that movie. I don't care if it's a church movie or not. They were showing it at the church. It scarred me for life, and it was just yeah. so bad. So I can imagine seeing your dad die, you know, and that, that freaking you out, man. I don't know how you'd, come, I don't know how you'd overcome it. That's crazy. That's just nuts. Yeah, it's just an interesting perspective. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it it's fun. it's cool to, to, that you had that kind of creative influence, and that that's uh, you know, do you uh, contribute a lot of what you do now to the fact that you were constantly surrounded by such a creative influencer? Oh, I think so for sure. I mean, it's the 
it's the way I think my mind, the way I like the, the weirdness of, of my mind <laughs> comes from my dad. And also what, how I connect with my father a lot is through like making things or doing bits or creating shows. Like he under, like we connect on that way. It'd be like, I guess if your dad was into fishing, like, Oh, you go fishing with your dad. So for me, it's like, Oh, I get to like, you know, talk to him about this is what I'm doing right now. And he understands it. It's a way of connecting. That's very so. cool. That's, that's amazing. So amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, folks, if you haven't seen a Cheech and Chong skit, do yourself a favor, go, <laughs> please go to YouTube right now. I'm sure they're out there on the YouTubes. Check them out. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's next level hilarious and you got to check it out for real. But even more importantly is you have to check out Precious Chong's new movie called Home Wrecker. Yeah, and please gonna, check it out. It, watch guys. it. Tell your friends. Make it a cult hit. Thank you. It's, it's <laughs> gonna, it, I I seriously feel like it has the components to do that, and I wouldn't be oh, saying that you. if I didn't believe it. I really believe that it has the components necessary to to find its place in in cult history. So thank it, you. It's Thanks a lot of fun. so much. I appreciate that. Hey, everybody. Thanks once again for listening to another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. You know, today's episode was a little more freestyle than we generally go. But, you know, I knew that going in that that's how it was going to be. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We will do it again next week. So until then, thank you very much. 